When the 2020 Olympics finally get going, July 23rd, 2021, the fanfare surrounding it will be different. It's historic to hold these games during an ongoing pandemic. The IOC has taken all sorts of precautions to try their best to keep athletes safe, but the crowds of fans from around the world are going to have to stay home. It's a great, unifying event, watching the games from home on TV. In St. Louis, of course, you know that means on KSDK, five on your side. Of course, a small proportion of Olympic fans have ever been able to travel to the host country to watch the games in person. But this year, even the friends and family of those competing are going to be planted on the living room couch, or maybe projecting on a backyard big screen, or streaming on a cell phone from bed, watching these champions compete. And in my book, they're all already champions for even making it this far. So when you're planning your marathon viewing of swimming, beach volleyball, gymnastics, soccer, you're getting a taste of one of the greatest displays of athleticism, hard work, and dedication our world knows. Just because you can't travel to Tokyo, though, just because most people can't travel to Tokyo, though, doesn't mean you can't get a taste of it in the most TV-watching, friendly food form, snacks. Today on Abby Eats St. Louis, a full helping of Japanese snack foods. What sets them apart. I think it's part of the sensibility. What you should know before you bite in. You know, like a lot of the foods we sell here, it's a lot through context. And what we thought about some of the most popular options in our first podcast in the booth together since last March. It's not horrible. It's, I just don't need to eat the second one. No. <laughs> then we'll finish up with some food news and your weekend planner. Japanese culture, you could think serious, you know, samurai sword wielding, Zen or Buddhist mantra muttering, quiet, calm like a precisely trimmed bonsai tree or a delicately raked gravel garden. Or you could be thinking flashy game shows and mind-bending fashion, hyper-stylized cartoons and comic books, Harajuku Girls and Hello Kitty, karaoke, fast cars, video games, vending machines. It's colorful, quirky, happy. Really, they have a penchant for drawing cartoon smiley faces on depictions of objects. And I won't pretend I'm an expert on Japanese culture by any means, but I think it's safe to say the snack foods produced in the country fall into that latter category. They're just kind of known for being a little, well, weird. I'm talking shrimp-flavored chips. Tiny pizzas made out of gummies. Peach parfait Kit Kats. Corn-flavored crackers. Is your mouth watering yet? Or at least, is your curiosity peaked? Luckily, you don't have to travel all the way to Tokyo to sample this stuff. You can visit our friend Shane Propisal and everyone else at the Global Foods Grocery in Kirkwood. Folks may be familiar with miso paste or soy sauce, but um, Japanese cuisine is so wide and, and diverse that we carry a lot of different, uh, both fresh, dry, and frozen ingredients. Do you find that the demand for Japanese food is pretty high, even if our Japanese population in the St. Louis area isn't as high as maybe some of the other nationalities you represent here? Definitely. I think uh, Japanese culture and cuisine is really popular around the world. You know, you've got the, uh, the anime and, and all sorts of things that people are really interested in Japanese culture, which eventually leads them to want to explore Japanese food. If you've never been to Global before, stop what you're doing and go. Or maybe go after this podcast. 
Make an afternoon of it. It's a joy. You will learn so much. Be able to find the same ingredients your favorite ethnic restaurant uses in their recipes. Sample something from the country of your ancestors. Aisles are labeled with what country's foods are stocked on those shelves. Japan gets a whole side of aisle 11 to themselves. Plus some hot real estate right when you walk in. Mostly in celebration of the Olympics in Tokyo. Shane himself isn't Japanese, but he's traveled there and studied the food culture extensively to help run the store and to learn enough to give me a tour. You know, like any country, it's got a, a vast food culture. Um, but if I were to kind of give it a broad you know, stroke, it, it's a very minimalist food. They really have the ingredients speak for themselves, but the ingredients themselves are very high quality. So it's um, more so about you know, the purity of the ingredients and more than just sauce and making things heavy. Really fascinating food culture and, and obviously delicious because you see Japanese food everywhere in St. Louis now. And you can't not see it. That's kind of even more important than tasting it in some ways. Animation and design are a big part of Japanese life. Packaging, branding, it's all highly valued and very stylized, I guess you could say. Colors are great. Large characters are better. And I don't just mean letters. No cause or company is too small to warrant a cute little character of an animal or cartoon as part of their brand identity. You know, there is something, uh, I think Japan has uh, within their culture literally everything from something as obvious to a sports team to like a construction company has a stylized mascot. Um, it's just like I said, it's expected as part of the culture. So. You know, in, in that very familiar anime stylized style that people love, um, you know, you'll just see it on a lot of different foods that they sell here. Yeah. Some of these labels, they don't have any characters that, or very few characters that we can read or words that we can understand. So how does somebody like approach a section like this and determine what they want to pick up or even understand a little bit more about what they might be eating? You know, like a lot of the foods we sell here, it's a lot through context. Uh, so it's kind of piecing together, okay, well, if it's green, you know, you see a mint leaf, could be a mint-filled uh, chocolate. So um, I think that's kind of half the fun. You know, obviously, if you know, not all the foods have just Japanese. A lot do have English on it. But if you're kind of like a sleuth like me, you kind of read through the lines, and, and, and you'll, you'll see when you get home if you're right or not. According to culture experts at the University of Kansas, Sorry, Dory, I'm mentioning KU here. People in Japan eat about 350,000 tons of sweetbreads, candies, pastries, and other treats every single year. But each person only eats about 100 calories of sweets each day. Evidence that overall, those treats aren't as decadent as the packaging might suggest. Less sugar content. And remember, flavors that might seem kind of weird and foreign to us are familiar to the Japanese palate. You know, they, they use a lot of their ingredients that they're familiar with, you know, red bean, uh, ube, and just kind of make it really accessible. I personally like it because it, it's a little bit more of a restrained sweetness. You know, a lot of American snacks can kind of be over the top, and, and a lot of folks are into that. But with Japanese snacks, um, you know, like I said, very simplistic, very straightforward, but very nuanced at the same time. Clearly as unexpected as the flavors may seem, they're catching on, becoming more and more popular around the world. And it's not just sweets. On our tour of the snack section, Shane shows me hot and spicy seaweed. If you're fans of salty snacks, I would recommend that. Sweet corn and pizza-flavored breadsticks. Even flavored dried peas. Everything from chili to wasabi. So if those of you who've had wasabi, just imagine that as a snack food. And, uh, you know, some people like it, some people don't. The most popular stuff might be a little more recognizable to some extent. 
like what I'd call not your candy bowl Kit Kat. The, the cultural influence exchange that both the U.S. and Japan have had. Um, what's really popular now is our Kit Kat bars in Japan, but you know they just don't have the chocolate flavor that most people are familiar with. They've got all sorts of flavors that are unique to Japanese culture. So let's like take a look at one of these bags here. Here yeah. we have a uh, matcha flavored green tea. Um, like I said, beautiful packaging, and uh, you know I don't know how many of our viewers have ever thought to try a green tea Kit Kat bar, but uh, here you go. It, you know, it, um, it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Uh, American candy with Japanese flavors. Huh. And so we've got matcha there, but then there's also some other funky ones I'm seeing too. Peach parfait. We've got strawberry. Um, this one is ume. Looks like a, a some sort of peach. So, like I said. It's uh, so pretty. Yeah. I mean, you know, the packaging's first rate. It's really inviting just to, tr to buy and try. Other Japanese snacks are becoming more recognizable to the mainstream here in the U.S., like mochi. Rice, uh, kind of one of the underpinnings of Japanese cuisine. And so they've, uh, the process is to kind of pound it into a paste and mold it into kind of like a, like a gelatin. And then you can use stuff, um, different flavors in it. So not only is there mochi like this, but now there's ice cream mochi mm -hmm. that is, um, you know, so popular that you can find it at a lot of other grocery stores in town. And, and there's American versions now, but um, just a really unique texture food um, and filled with this kind of really delicious filling. So a lot of times, you know, when Americans go to other countries, people ask us, like, do you really eat burgers with bacon on them every day for all your meals? How often do people in Japan actually, or Japanese people even here in America, actually eat snack foods like this? I think pretty common. Consider this. Tokyo has more restaurants than any other city in the world, far more than even New York City. But many of them are quite expensive, so people don't really go out to eat like we would think of as going out to eat, as often as you might think, or as often as you might hear. Instead, 7-Eleven-type convenience stores, mini-marts, that's where people eat. Main meals often accompanied by snack foods like these. Every convenience store that I visited was packed with Everyone from businessmen to kids kind of grabbing stuff before yeah. work, after work. It's just something where, you know, people here in the States probably have a view of convenience stores as maybe a road trip thing or, you know, grabbing a soda or a pack of chips. But there you can get onigiri, you can get, uh, you know, all sorts of just like filling foods that will last you throughout the day. And it's a big part of their food culture over there, too, as, as important as a, as a sushi restaurant or a ramen restaurant. As a kid, my little sister and I loved the Japanese snacks we'd get from international grocers like Global, especially Pocky, the little stick-shaped biscuit cookie with a thick coating of candy or chocolate, or Yan Yan, where you dipped the stick-shaped biscuit into the icing. Or the gummies, the exotic fruit-flavored sodas you had to pop a marble out of the cap into to drink. Or anything Hello Kitty. We were partial to the colors and fun flavors that always made us a hit at the lunch table. Hello Pandas, these, I loved having these in my lunchbox as a kid. These are kind of a classic, right? They are, you know, and um, when I was growing up it was just chocolate and strawberry and now they've expanded to all sorts of flavors. So um, it's been really neat too, just because I think in the American market, you know, we kind of take our flavor cues from what's popular internationally. So. I just remember, you know, sriracha was kind of a novelty back 10 years ago. Now it's on everything and it's, it's become as ubiquitous as mustard and ketchup. So, yeah. um, you know, re it's really insightful to kind of see what people from around the world are eating so that we can kind of predict what's going to be popular here in the next few years. And that is exactly why it doesn't hurt to try new things every now and then. And 
We figured what better way to celebrate being back in the booth together, Dory. Yes. I'm looking at you, not via Zoom. You are, you know, three like, feet wait. away from me. We can touch. We can touch. We just did. This is fantastic. I'm so excited to be back like in the building and be able to do this. It's going to be so much easier to edit afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we sitting at the same table means we can try a sampling of some of those snack foods we were just talking about there. So I picked a little uh, assortment, a small assortment. There's so much more available. And there's a web story on KCK.com, threw together a TV story so you can get a visual of this. And, of course, you can stop by Global in person where they're also offering these $25, like, Olympic snack packs with curated selections from all sorts of different countries around the world to help keep your snack game strong during the Olympics. But right now, Dory, I know you're hungry. I am hungry. If I if my stomach starts to growl, I will move this mic down so you can hear it. Okay. I, I was about to eat and then I'm like, no, we are taste testing today. We so are. I am ready. Okay, so I will do a quick little tour of what we have here. I got three different varieties of the Japanese Kit Kat because, again, those are very popular right now. We have strawberry, peach parfait, and matcha green tea. Also have yan yans, which are similar to the pockies, but they're you actually do the dipping. Okay. I liked these better as a kid. Um, I haven't had them in years. They're so kind of lo- like Dunkaroos almost. Exactly. And so I, um, yeah, I got these to see if I kind of still like them. The Hello Pandas, which are like a little cookie on the outside, just like a little biscuit. All the biscuits are kind of very similar. It's almost mm-hmm. like the golden Oreo type shell. And then on the inside, it has chocolate. But the best thing about this is the most adorable little mascot. Yeah, it's a little panda. And each biscuit has a little panda stamped onto it. And then for the savory side, I got some spicy sriracha peas. Decided the the wasabi might be a little bit sinus clearing. Mm -hmm. So, and the sriracha sounded really good. So I figured we'd try that. Dory, what do we want to try first? Ooh, um, I'm thinking we go for the spicy sriracha peas. Let's do it. Okay, first we're going to hand sanny. Make sure we're doing this. Thank you. Snack safely, kids. Okay. And then. Mmm. I like that. I like it too. It's a very satisfying crunch. When you think peas, you think squishy. It's very crunchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I and like these a lot. Not too spicy, but I have a feeling if you keep grabbing more handful, handfuls, it'll start building. Kind of like a red hot riplet. Yes. The heat is definitely building. It makes me kind of wish I would have grabbed some wasabi ones. I have to go back. Mm, I don't know. Time. I love the sriracha flavor, though. Mm-hmm. And just like he said, that's everywhere now. And it was a novelty. And now you can get it on everything, including peas. Okay. Love it. What's next? Hmm. How about we do a tour of Kit Kats? I know for sure. Like, I've gotten these green tea ones before. I know I like those, but we can do a little taste test of all of them. That sounds good. I'm going to take a drink of water here. Palette cleansing. Yes. Okay. All right. So these are matcha tiramisu. Oh. Okay. So that's a little different than what I've mm. had before. Yeah. I didn't realize that one. Okay. Packaging, by the way, we just want to note is like, is it's very pretty. It's very, it's kind of got this waxy vintage, like slash luxury feel mm-hmm. the outside. And they're, they're so green. Mm-hmm. Oh, the flavor kind of changes as you go along. It's way more complex than you would think you'd be getting from a Kit Kat. Yeah. I'm okay it's kind with of, that. It's vanilla y yeah. a little bit. A little, maybe like a little white chocolatey in mm-hmm, a way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that one. Okay. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm actually kind of scared of this one, the peach parfait. I don't do, ah, I just dropped some on the floor <laughs> or table. 
I don't do super well with peach flavored things, but the packaging of this one is so stinking cute. It is really cute. It's very, um, it's like a bright blue and kind of a cotton candy pink. Yeah. Um, but I'm the same way. I'm not big on peach flavored stuff. I'll eat peaches fresh, mm -hmm. but peach flavoring, I just, not a big fan. Oh, and it smells peach flavored. So we'll see. Huh. Interesting. It tastes like peach flavored things. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not necessarily a fan of. It's um, fruity and bright. Kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. But it just has that fake peach flavor yeah. that I don't like. But like he said, things aren't as sweet as the packaging makes them look like they are going to be. So, that's true. You know, yeah. it's 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 light. It's not horrible. It's I just don't need to eat the second one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, where's the It's underneath that one. Strawberry. This is the one I'm looking forward I'm to. I'm really looking forward to this. Again, super cute packaging. We'll post a picture on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's also bright and colorful. Here you go, door. Thank you. Ooh, the packaging on this one looks different than the other ones did. It's got like little ducks and um, lettering that I can't understand except for the word break. Yeah, <laughs> cute. Can you imagine putting this in your Halloween bucket though? Mm. Like passing that out? Kids would love that. Ooh, smells very smells strawberry. Good. Definitely more down for that uh, fruit flavor than the peach one. You liked strawberry milk as a kid too, didn't you? Uh, no, not really, but I love really? strawberry-flavored things. Mm -hmm. I think you got to give it another try. It does kind of taste like a strawberry milkshake, though. Mm -hmm. It does. Okay, so this is another one where there's going to be some strawberry. These Yan Yans. So we'll just keep one open for now. Oh, Again, this is the one that's a little oh. stick. It's like a biscuit. And it says... Duck, quack, quack on my biscuit. Does yours say anything? Mine says giraffe, longest neck. <laughs> <laughs> There's it, Seriously, they're not joking. There's some kind of print or design on everything. So yeah. I'm going to do, gonna do chocolate one on one side, strawberry on the other. Yeah, I'll do the same. Whoa. I guess. Oh, you are <laughs> eager to get that frosting. Okay. There we go. Okay. Oh, it's just like I remembered it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like. Really, I always remember running out of frosting before I ran out of the little biscuits. Because the biscuit's not very sweet. It's mm -hmm. like a little breadstick. I mean, it is. It really is, yeah. You could dip it in olive oil or, you know, pesto, and it tastes this, you know, it, it's, it would work, yeah. But the chocolate side. I was always a bigger fan of chocolate onions than strawberries. It is a different texture. The chocolate reminds me a little bit more of, like, a traditional, like, cupcake icing. Mm -hmm. And the strawberry, the strawberry on that side, right? Yes. It's a little bit creamier, like... um. Thinner. I can't but decide good. if we should have warned people that there was going to be like mild to moderate ASMR in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> or marketed as that. I guess people like that. So, okay. Last this, one. This is the last one. I know. I like We could have gone crazy. We'll just have to do it for the Olympics. Start on Friday. Mm -hmm. We have plenty. It will officially start on Friday. We have plenty of time. Pace ourselves. To keep snacking, friends. Okay. So this is the Hello Pandas, the very adorable ones. And again... It was like my favorite thing to put in my lunchbox because they were just so cute. I can't really see how much I gave you. <laughs> okay, so what are your pandas doing? Um, I can't tell on that one. Let's see. Mine. Look, this one looks like he's churning butter. Oh, skateboarding. There you go. That's a new Olympic sport this year. Yeah, this one's driving a race car. Here's the thing. I think if those were made here, they'd have a lot more filling in them. But this is like perfectly balanced. Yes. Actually, I think you're 100% right. I think it's like in some ways... 
these are probably snacks for the um, little kid and us grown-ups. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's less decadent, but it's, it's I like a satisfying crunch, just enough chocolate in the middle. And mm. adorable. Very With cute. a little panda shape on there. Oh, so cute. Okay. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know on Instagram if you guys pick up any interesting snacks, whether they're from Japan or any other country that you're cheering for in the Olympics this year. Um, what should we be picking up? Is there another kind of wild Japanese food that you want us to try on the podcast? Hey, now that we can sit at the same table, yeah, we're happy to eat together. Um, and again, don't forget, Global Foods is a good spot to go buy some of this stuff. We're not sponsored or anything. We just like them. Yes. Okay, Dory, now that we are, hopefully your your stomach is a little bit more satisfied right yes. now, and we have plenty of snacks to keep going, by the way. <laughs> you rounded up some food news and some interesting things on our weekend planner to let you guys know about. Yeah, so some big news this week. We've been sort of teasing it for, I don't know, over a year now. Feels like forever. Yes, we officially know when the City Foundry Food Hall is going to be opening. So mark your calendar for Wednesday, August 11th. They're going to be opening with 11 kitchens, including Colby Taco Shop, uh, Colby Taco Shack, Patty's Cheesecakes, and Buenos Aires Cafe. There will be more openings planned this fall for a total of 20 different kitchen concepts. They're going to be open breakfast, lunch, and dinner because they have all different kinds of foods that they're going to be serving there and plenty of room for you and your friends with more than 400 seats available. Wow. So we also, awesome. yeah, it's great. Um, we also learned this week that they're going to have a bar featured in the middle of that space called the Kitchen Bar, and it's going to be developed by the James Beard Award winner Gerard Crafts Niche Food Group. So you know it's going to be good. That is, it, it reminds me of like a mall food court plus like an airport food court plus like Food Truck Friday, all wrapped into one. Very St. Louis. I know that Colby Taco Shack is been has been gearing up. Patty's Cheesecakes is always delicious. I'm excited to try Buenos Aires and everyone else that is moving into that spot. You know, we record on Dory on Wednesdays, Dory. Ooh, hmm. on site. Hmm. Write that one down. We might have to think about that. Yes. And it's it's just exciting to see that they finally have that date. A lot of people highly anticipating it. A lot of businesses writing on this, too, this opening, too. They've been waiting for it to open. So they finally have that date where, you know, they can move off of their normal business routines and get into these new spaces. Exactly. We love that. And it comes on the heels or right in, in the wake of or right in front of, actually, I don't remember how this timed out, but basically alongside another awesome headline for St. Louis. I love doing these stories, and I feel like we've been doing one almost every other week now. Mm -hmm. St. Louis just landed on a time list. It was ranked as one of the world's greatest places of 2021, right up there, by the way, with like Singapore, Sicily, Antarctica. Like We are in some great rankings there. The list of 100 destinations focused on places that are offering New and exciting experiences, especially in the wake of everything that the hospitality and travel industries have gone through during the pandemic. St. Louis in particular was noted for reinvigorating its downtown and surrounding areas, including the upcoming City Foundry, which was noted in this article. Wow. Um, They also talked about the MLS Stadium, Laclede's Landing, and the new Casa Don Alfonso restaurant, which I believe is in the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah. And that is from the Michelin star Italian restaurant tour. So a lot of big things happening here of note and 
clearly getting the attention for everybody around the world. One of my favorite things about this particular, you know, and people might say it's People will say the things that they say in St. Louis that is not you, mm-hmm. people refuse to want to celebrate when we do well on things for some strange reason. And I think something cool about this particular write up is that it's forward focused. It's mm-hmm. not just saying like, hey, back in the 1900s, they hosted the World's Fair in the Olympics and then it used to be great and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, they're talking about how our everything is just growing and specifically talking about like reinvigorating some of these downtown things and what's to come still I think is awesome and I'm just I'm hopeful I think it's a good time to be back downtown in many in many ways yes definitely so Dory before we get to the weekend planner I want to know what the best thing you had to eat this week was I had a tough time with this one because I had a lot of good things this weekend we had a couple friends in town from college yeah um so we you know obviously we had to show them the ropes around St. Louis all the great different places um Mostly in particular, I'm thinking about Friday night we went to Maplewood. And I think, was that last week we talked about Taste of Maplewood or, or the new Maplewood market yeah, at Schlafly? Yeah, yeah, um, But yeah, so we, we ended up going out to Maplewood, started at the Blue Duck, mm. always a good choice. Yeah. Um, I got a chicken sandwich there, and their fries, too, are just great. My meal was great. Everybody loved what they got. And then we went across the street because that's what we were really eyeing. We went over to Boardwalk Waffles and Ice Cream. yes. My first time there, a couple of my friends had been before, and they just highly touted it. They showed us what all to get. Got the chocolate waffle with the blue ice cream, and my lips were blue for, I swear, like a whole day. But Excellent. <laughs> it was very worth it. A, a waffle ice cream sandwich. Delicious. Uh, great way to spend a Friday night, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. You kind of got a jump start on National Ice Cream Day, too. I did, yes. One. Yeah. I love it. Mine was, you know, a, a lunchtime thing, so I've been just really – so I had a couple friends in town a couple weeks ago, and since then, I've just not wanted to restock my groceries. I haven't felt like cooking. I haven't fully cleaned my house yet afterward. It's just been a little bit of a mess. So I've just, you know, maybe ordered out uh, or take out a little more often than I probably should recently. But one of them was the – I hadn't tried in a while, and it was still really good. Medina Grill. They have a couple different locations, um, like in the city here, and I ordered from the Central West End location – I got the original Palestine, which is, a, you know, take on your traditional like Middle Eastern fare. It you can get it with chicken or beef, but I got chicken. It's grilled so deliciously. It's super juicy. It has a garlic tahini sauce on it. So it actually doesn't – I wouldn't have even realized it was a tahini sauce if I didn't know that But because the garlic is pretty strong. It also has Arabic pickles, which are mm. – um, yeah, like it's a slightly milder but also – I. I don't know the words to describe it. I should have gone okay. to culinary school to be able to describe it. But um, they're not as sharp and, like, firm as other pickles are. Okay. But also onions. So – and then lettuce. So if you order that, I highly recommend it because it's not super heavy. But you definitely want to brush your teeth or use a breath mint <laughs> afterward because it's a little pungent. Yeah, you, you mentioned a few things there that would make it a, a little a, – a bit much to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, hey, we're talking about the weekend of July 23rd through 25th. Fifth, and we've got a pretty stocked up weekend planner. Dory, how about I'll start off the top here and we'll just uh, pivot back and forth now that we're in person and we can easily do that. Mm-hmm. Food Truck Friday in Tower Grove Park is back. They're doing it a little more often than they used to, so I love to see mm-hmm. that. More than 20 trucks will be there from 4 to 8 p.m., including Soul Taco, essentially fries, 
Red Dirt Revival, drinks from Schlafly Forehands and the Narwhals truck. It's your chance to see that bad boy if you haven't yet again, as well as Mighty Kind. So always a good time, and it's it's going to be a very summer weekend, so that's a good idea for you. Yeah, it's going to be a hot one. If you're looking for some more food truck action, go over to Nine Mile Garden on Saturday. They're having a Garden Bazaar. The folks at Pop-Up STL are putting on a market from 11 to 3 with 20-plus local vendors. They'll all be there selling their different things. Come for the market, stay for the food, and all the drinks that they have there. There'll be a bunch of food trucks lined up for lunch and dinner, plus some dessert options, Hmm. too. And then if that's not enough, it's also movie night at Nine Mile. They're going to be showing Finding Nemo. Will we find Dory at Finding Hmm, Nemo? We'll see. Maybe. (laughs) If this heat of the weekend, you feel like you need to escape it, at least mentally, Head over to Maryland Heights on Saturday for Jingle Jangle. So (laughs) this is a fun event. It's going to be in an area of Centene Community Ice Center where they're transforming it into a winter wonderland. Okay, so 20 plus vendors again at a holiday season themed event at the St. Louis Music Park. You can also get some holiday shopping done. Get this. You can get your kids pictures taken with Santa maybe you weren't able to do that in 2020 and you're just like, I really want to make sure I can get that. Or maybe you like your tan, your family's tan, and you want to get that picture. I don't know. Or you're trying to get your kids to be good for the rest of the year before Santa comes back around. I like (laughs) that one. The event will cap off with a showing of the Grinch at dusk, and they're going to have a concession stand selling food and drinks there. Christmas in July this weekend in Maryland Heights. Yes. And then Sunday, if you're looking for some more opportunities to shop all of our many local vendors, head to City Foundry. We've been talking about them a lot. You can check them out, at least the outdoor portion, Mm -hmm. for the Procure Marketplace. This is that monthly event put on by the Women's Creative. Um, It's going from 12 to 4, and a little bit something extra this time. Everyone who registers by Saturday will get a virtual swag bag with offers from the vendors. Hmm. So a little bit of an incentive to kind of RSVP. Tickets are no longer required, though, by the way, so you can just head there if you want to whenever you want from 12 to 4. You could seriously get your entire Christmas shopping list done this weekend. For sure. In St. Louis, all local with all these events. It's fantastic. And then if you just need to kind of chill out after that, this one sounds fantastic. Sunday brunching at Piper Palm House in Tower Grove Park. Honeybees Biscuits and Good Eats. I've been wanting to try that for forever. Mm -hmm. They will be there for food, and SCL Barkeep will also be there serving up some drinks. I also have live music. It's a family-friendly event from 11 to 3. Perfect timing for your kind of slow Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Limited seating will be available inside Piper Palm House, but it's mostly going to be outside. Think picnic-style setup there. And then if that all isn't enough and you just need more reasons to get out in St. Louis, from now through Sunday, it is still St. Louis Burger Week. We talked to you about this last week. Um, more than 40 restaurants are participating Each of them are offering their own special $6 burger. So that's a steal. $6 burger, and they're all fancy. It's not just a burger with cheese. Mm -hmm. There'll be lots of different options. Um, If you get four or more by the end of the weekend in your Burger Week passport stamp book, you get entered to win a special grill-out prize. That sounds awesome. I wonder what a Japanese-style Burger Week burger would be. Hmm. Probably made out of gummies or something like that. It has something kind of crazy and colorful on it, yes. Yeah, which, by the way, don't forget, the Olympics opening ceremonies are this weekend. Um, Five on Your Side is your home for all of that fun Olympic stuff on air, online. We'll be all over the game, so there is no excuse to be bored this weekend. 
la la St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Tori Olmos. Right across from me. I love it. Our theme music is by Jerome Fabi, Olivier Renoir, and Pierre Dubost. Special thanks to Lauren Shelley on this episode. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a rating and a review. Let us know your thoughts on all things food, drink, and St. Louis on our Instagram or at Abby Eat St. Louis. Have a fantastic weekend. Go Team USA and seize the plate. And the gold. Woo! Yay! And the food and all and of the And the food, food and the, the podcast booth <laughs> and I love it. Ugh. Can we be done with the day now? Yeah, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Let's go home. <laughs>